Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's episode of the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, we'll break down the Bears' first loss of the season as they lose in boring fashion to the Colts. We'll then talk about the Sox and Cubs quick postseason exit. All that now on episode eight. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. I'm Joey Gelman. He's Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. I'm at Joey Gelman. The Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast is your favorite home for all Chicago sports talk. And Dan, we recorded last... I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it? I don't want to talk about it. We we recorded and published our last show on Wednesday. We gave the fans a fun early show during the week because we wanted just to give them more content, right? Yep. And then we take a hiatus for one extra day this week, come back today, and the world's on fire in Chicago sports. The Bears have a clunker of a game. With their savior, Nick Foles. The Cubs exit in two. The Sox exit in three. Billy Donovan, I guess, is still hired. But the whole Chicago sports landscape changed in a matter of four days. It was so high. And now we're so low. And my brain can't handle it. And so I need you to make me feel better. That's the goal for today's show. (laughs) No, it it is what it is. It sucks. It's, It's wild. We... The last episode, like you said, we aired it in the middle of the week, five days ago, less than a week. And the way we signed off on the show and the whole momentum and every subject along the way in the show was how this is a huge weekend for Chicago sports. The huge week, for a matter of fact. The Sox at that point were already up one game to nothing against the Oakland Athletics and their series against them, their three-game series that – is over. Um, but thanks to a, a fantastic pitching for performance from him, they were already up 1-0. And things were looking good. Nick Foles was going to start on Sunday. The Cubs were going to face the Marlins, who we thought they were definitely going to bounce. Might not be the prettiest series we were predicting, but thought it was still going to happen. And then before you know it, before the weekend even hits, both teams are out of the postseason. And the Chicago Bears today, which... I guess we'll touch on first, even though I don't want to, because that game sucked. That game was terrible. And we talk about it all the time. So, Joey, you actually didn't get to watch live the postseason games after game one of the Chicago White Sox. I remember you put it on Twitter because you told the world that where you were, you had no signal. Correct. And you tried kind of to just stay away from all the news and just rewatch it yourself, but... Obviously, that never works out. No, no. never. So you <laughs> got a spoiler. Let's play off baseball. You got a spoiler here and there, and then before you know it, when you came home from your little hiatus and you finally had signal, it didn't even matter. You didn't need to watch the games in their entirety because you know what already happened. And it's funny if where I'm getting at with this is if you just look at the box scores, like if you look at the box scores of those games, in particular the Cubs ones, those would tell the story. I'm bringing that full circle to today's Bears game. If you look at the, the the box score of today's Bears game, 
it doesn't really tell the whole story. Offensively, it does. They only put up 11 points, which is freaking awful, okay? Three points in the first half in the second quarter. They get a field goal on the Colts, and their magnificent defense, sure, whatever. Who do they face? Jacksonville, Minnesota, and the Jets this year? I don't want to hear it. Still a very good defense. They were great offensively. I mean, defensively. Well, defensively they were in. But so 11 points in here. I'm I'm actually just going to pull up the box score for you really quick here, Joey. But toward the end, and I know there was a lot of, you know, not a lot of, but a few garbage passes, if you will, you know, toward the end where, you know, the Colts were kind of just giving up a little bit to the Bears. But let's just see here. More total yards the Bears had. And time of possession, it felt like the Colts had had the ball the entire game. But they only had the ball for about five plus minutes. It was like 32 minutes and change to the Bears, 27 minutes and change. But either way, whenever the Bears did have the ball, how many three and outs do we see? What was it? Four for 14 on third down conversions, seven punts. Like everything offensively was for the most part bad. The only person who once again, week after week, showed up was Allen Robinson. He had a pretty good game today. Great catch in the end zone to get the Bears' only only touchdown of the game. Other than that, where were the offensive highlights? Were there any other highlights in that game offensively than maybe Allen Robinson's play, his touchdown at the end, and just his ability to kind of be there in, in moments, key moments? Other than that, there was really nothing. The run game was awful. Under, under 50 yards for Montgomery and Patterson combined. Passing finally toward the very end of the game where we had one good enough drive to put up points. And then the rest of the game was a shit show. Offensively, it was bad. And how brutal was it that that blocked punt in the first quarter to start things off and put the Colts in ideal field position? That was their first and only touchdown of the game. And then after that, it was just two more field goals in the second quarter and one field goal each in the third or fourth. They were pretty damn bad offensively, too. The Colts were bad on offense. They got great field position courtesy of that block punt in the first quarter, capitalized on it with a touchdown, had a field goal along the way here or there, and that was about it. Good run good run offense from them. Good O-line, good blocking. They put up some holes. Our O-line couldn't. And that's about the whole story. I'm done with it. I'm done. I don't want to talk anymore. We will. And I know we want to touch a lot more on Foles, but that was just my initial reaction. It was it was crap offensively, way too many screenplays, way too many plays that just didn't work out <laughs> for that matter, way too many drives that were just boring and not enough. The run game can never get started. What was nothing like those first three games where you know we we had comebacks and but they did get down sixteen points. They went on script. They just was too late. Yeah, not 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 the third time this season, but just just not fun. And I think that it is the beginning of what is going to become a very long season. We started out three and zero, and I I brought this up. I, I brought this up since week one. Don't tell me I haven't. That eventually. If things don't work out at the quarterback position, it's going to become a long season. We got, you know, the first few wins of the season against 
a, a pretty crappy Lions team. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw their games, but they suck. I mean, let's just face it. The Giants, they're not good. <laughs> they're not a good football team. They're without Barkley for the overwhelming majority of that game. The Falcons falconed, and now we finally are facing average to good football teams. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily call the Colts a good football team, but they do have a pretty. They do have a very good defense. I know they came in. You know, the stats were showing they were the number one defense in the land, which, whatever, they haven't necessarily faced the toughest competition, but they are still a really good damn defense. For the majority of the day, it seemed like they were only rushing their front four and getting very, very good pressure on Nick Foles. There wasn't even a lot of blitzes going on, but yet they were still able to apply pressure and keep everybody else everybody else in the back defending. And defensively, they were good. Offensively, they were fine. Good run game. Like I said, they created way more holes than our O-line did in terms of the run game. And, you know, offensively, they just had a, a veteran game manager back there and Philip and Philip Rivers. And that's basically all he did. Hung 19 on the Bears, and that's all it took. No offense. No yeah, offense. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where to put the blame today. And... Everyone. Well, everyone. But, but I'm just... It, it's just... It, there, but there's still a theme here, no matter the quarterback. And it's... The Bears' inability to score points. And it's like, even the bad teams score points. I mean, Jacksonville, who beat this Colts team, scores points. And, and you have... Again, now a situation where you're going into a half and almost going into the end of this game with only a field goal. The whole point was we're we're switching to foals because we're sick of kicking field goals and you you need to score touchdowns. It's getting embarrassing. And you had that last week. It was awesome. It caught everyone off guard. Foles comes in. No one game planned for him. Ta-da. It was a miracle. Today, you have a team that's fully game planned for a whole week and... You mustered three points and then a garbage time touchdown try to get yourself back in the game. And credit to Allen Robinson. He was an awesome, awesome play. But that's unacceptable. And so it comes back to a question of how are you scheming these games? Because you saw today when the Bears took some some shots and were able to get the ball to Robinson, get the ball to Darnell Mooney, you had some some rhythm. And it was seeing, okay, Foles is able to connect on those deep balls that, that Trubisky couldn't. And that gets your offense kind of going. But then you keep getting stuck. Or you have Anthony Miller that can't seem to find his hands again this year, who is another big draft pick you traded up for that may be a bust because he's all there from an athletic perspective, but he can't put it together and he keeps dropping the ball. You, you can't do that. And one cost him a, a turnover today. So it's, it's just really frustrating to see. And, and, and you're trying to figure out who do you blame? And I know I just said that before, but it, it, it's really a big question because it's been quarterback, 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 quarterback. And now you go, okay, well, where does Matt Nagy stand in this where he's scheming a game plan that just simply isn't isn't working? And when you kind of had to coach on the fly last week and put in foals and try to come back and win, you did it. But when you try to build an offense around it, Nagy goes back to his crutches and it's those little plays, it's those dig and dunks, it's those screeners, and the Bears aren't set up to do that as well as I the Chiefs would plays. be. Well, you can do I it if you them. you can do it if you have an offensive line. I mean, that's a whole other topic. Right. But right. but they don't have that. And you sit here kind of stuck of, well, crap, like you played Tom Brady on Thursday. And and that's gonna be interesting to say the what least. A, what a quick turnaround. Are you excited? Are you excited to watch that game? 
I am. I get to see TB12. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to watch any Bear game. I, I, yeah. I, I just hated the feeling today of being bored. Like, you wait all week, and you're sitting there, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Like, I'm just... I'm glad you were bored, because I was aggravated. Well, I was pissed, but I was just straight up yeah. bored. It was like, there, there's nothing going on. Every week, they're in, a, they're in a league that is not the NFL, and they're here, and the other teams are here, and they're just not... They're not scoring points. Like, when you watch the red zone highlights of the touchdowns all day, they're not on there. Or the, the back-to-football promo... That they made this year, like we, we've defeated, well, no one's defeated the virus, but their MO of like, we're getting through the virus, here's all the teams, football's back, and all these people singing and dancing. Their highlights are Eddie Pinheiro running on a field after a game-winning field goal, not anything else. So they, that's they clearly, had, that's all they had. Yep. So, I don't know. I'm angry. I'm bored. This is not a good place for Joey to be. Well, remind, it's funny because angry Bears fan who's bored because offense is doing nothing. Where have I seen, been a part of, and heard about that before? <laughs> the entire existence of the franchise. That's where I'm gonna. That's where I'm coming at. And I'm just gonna be a huge Chicago sports fan, Bears fan, meatball right now. Because you say, who do we put the blame on? Ladies and gentlemen, it's that simple. It's been the same thing since we drafted Mitch Trubisky. Thanks to Ryan Pace, we don't have a quarterback. We don't have a quarterback yet. Don't know if Foles is going to get a little better than his performance today. He didn't have a great outing today by any means. I know he came in and he was the savior against the Falcons. His first week as a starter and trying to get used to the offense, which, by the way, if he's the better guy, I'm so happy that Mitch Trubisky had the first few games of the season for damn right nothing just to finally – when Nick Foles could have had that, when Nick Foles could have had this – working out the clinks and the clinks against the Giants and the Falcons and the Lions. I mean, he did against the Falcons in the second half, but I wish he could have had those to warm up and get those clinks out against those opponents. Whatever didn't happen. That's all water under the bridge. Going back to answering your question, thanks to Ryan Pace, where we are today, the Bears don't have a quarterback. It's that simple. Nick Foles isn't your quarterback. He's not your quarterback of the future. And I'm not saying that just in this heat of the moment reaction of today, even though everybody's going to say that's exactly what this rant is about. But he's just not it in terms of he he's a gap filler, right? We all know that. We knew that last week. We knew that last week. And hopefully he does get better. And hopefully he could just be competent and he could get into a rhythm with this offense and he could be a game manager plus maybe a level or two up, you know, but that's probably what his ceiling is. That's just what it is. AKA, we don't have that guy yet. We don't have a true quarterback that you basically design your whole franchise and team around. We just don't have that yet. We don't have a quarterback, thanks to Ryan Pace. Matt Nagy, he also gets a lot of the blame as well because he's this offensive genius and we still haven't seen it yet. He had a great year one. The league didn't necessarily know exactly what he was going to throw out. He had a lot of cute plays, a little fun on offense here and there. NFL and the league adapted the league adapted to him last season. He hasn't adapted back yet. So all the way from the top of the chain, at GM, the man calling the shots or, or getting the team in here, didn't give us a quarterback, hasn't found us a quarterback yet. We don't have a good enough quarterback in an offensive powerhouse of a league. Once I'm I'm tired of hearing every Sunday how 
oh, for the first three weeks of the season, the NFL is setting offensive records again. Just almost every offensive stat, you know, for the first three weeks. It's almost like when you look at MLB and they're like, the home runs are up, the strikeouts are out. When you turn to NFL, like you said, the offense is up, the touchdowns are up, the points are up. Every, and then you have the Bears who score 11. Or you have the Bears who put up a field goal or whatever, you know, against the Giants. What was it, like three or six they put up in the second half against the Giants? Right. Like, come on! That's what you do in the second half against the Giants who can't do anything because they just lost Barkley? And then now we come to today, we scored three points in the first half, and thankfully on our last drive, score a touchdown and get the two-point conversion to give us 11 total points when points are not only going out the roof this year, but have been going out the roof offensively just in the whole league. This has been, it's just absurd, you know? And like you hear all these analysts and everybody talking about it. Oh, why do you think the league is just points crazy all of a sudden? We know the rules and this and that. Somebody, I'm watching the bears. I don't know what anybody else to see, but my attention is on the bears and we're not scoring any off. We're not scoring any points. We don't have any offense. So I don't know, 269 total yards, which, funny enough, today is only 20 less total yards in the Colts. So that's why it was such a snooze fest. But let me just hit on this more, too. 186 passing yards for the Colts. I mean, they, did, they didn't do much on offense in terms of the passing game. It was, it was very just no, game at, management. No, any other quarterback and offense, they would have been blown out. Yes, but the thing was, while the Bears, on paper, you look at it, they only lost by eight points never once from the opening kick did they have any type of control of the game you felt ever since that black punt and then the Colts had it you know in Bears territory and they put up the touchdown they never looked back I know they were only up seven at that point (laughs) and they you know the game had just started but never ever did you feel like the Bears were in control of the game the Colts were in control the entire time even though they only had such a small lead when they went up 13 to 3 and it was 13 to 3 at half, it felt like the Bears were down 25. Tell, tell me it didn't. And then when they when they put up a field goal, the 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 Colts put up a field goal to go up 16-13 and you felt like the Bears were down four touchdowns. No, you it absolutely like they, did. You felt like it was over. Yeah, that's how futile it was. And I'm just I'm I'm trying to reconcile because I'm trying to understand why why is it the same story every time? Why is it the same story from the last time they made the Super Bowl or the time before that when they won the Super Bowl of the defense is bailing you out and the offense can never get to that level that the defense is at? And I, I understand it in maybe a different era of, okay, like that's kind of how the game was played. Yeah, kind of. Yet there's, you know, the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Montana Marino, and those guys were doing it then. But it's now 2020. And the entire league is that. And you don't have it. You just don't score. And, and, and I don't get how many more years we can sit here and, and waste decently good Bears teams and a good defense for the sake of an offensive experiment that just isn't working. And even on the broadcast, like they were trying to make excuses for the offense and, and trying to be like, oh, well, well, Foles hasn't really played a lot, and you know the Bears have a new coordinator, and it's Bill Lazor, and it's Juan Castillo on the offensive line, and Matt Nagy, and this whole, and Filippo and they're all in this room. I'm like, shut up. Like, I'm so tired of... Thank the, you. Of the excuses. 
These guys should be ready to play. I don't care what the circumstance is because everyone's in the same circumstance. Nobody had the same preparation you normally have due to the virus this Bulls year. Bulls had five red zone drives the week before. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, so, so this whole trope of of there's newness and this and an experience. It's like. It's the NFL. Like, I'm done with that. That's not a real excuse. you got to be ready to play. And to keep coming out with halves where you garner a field goal or two field goals is unacceptable. And and a lot of that today had to do with the inability to have a run game. I know they had 27 yards. And, and maybe I was wrong in assessing the importance of Tariq Cohen and how that affects them moving forward. But... Doesn't matter. You 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 have to adjust, and and I feel like this is the same thing when Trubisky was in was under center. It's this idea of Matt Nagy has a script, and if that script goes away, he's lost. There's no ability for him to adjust, and you saw today where the running game was gone, and they had no other way to kind of build around that and rebuild an offense to make them even just one-dimensional, but multi-dimensional, and they could never adjust. And, and and you sit here, and like you said, it's supposed to be an offensive-minded head coach. You finally did it, and you're sitting here with 11 points? Three for the majority of the game? I mean, come on. There's something really unsettling about the idea because it's been mentioned a, a lot that – what you just said about Matt Nagy and if his original plan goes out is, is failing. It's like, what does he do? Which as a head coach, <laughs> I don't want that. My head coach to, if, if plan a doesn't work, like you better have all the way plan plan Z three. Like you have to, you know what they say about the best laid plans. They go to shit. <laughs> Come on. Like you have, to, I get that you want to go into with a game plan, I get that you want to go in and you want it to work. If it doesn't work out, adjust along the way. Right. That's what that's what halftime's all about, if you notice it. You need to make adjustments as you go along. I, I I wonder how many times for even the best head coaches out there, how many times their initial plan they just have to eventually at some point in the game roll up and toss out the window. You know? Like <laughs> adjust, right. adapt, do something different and there, there's no excuse for 11 points. There just isn't. And I get it. After game one, it was cute. The Bears were 1-0. Be happy. After game two, we get it. It was the Giants. They lost Barkley. It was weird. Be happy. We're 2-0. Then the Falcons thing happened, and it was, well, hey, we might have a good quarterback. We're 3-0. Let's go. But now... I have a feeling it's going to start losing some traction. I mean, the only way you could pick back up the spirits is if you have a win against a Tom Brady or you go and you throw up 30 to 40 points back to back. That's just funny. Can you imagine the Bears scoring 40 points? Hell That's laughable. no. That That's legitimately laughable. Right. I mean, I don't even, know if they'll – I can think that, yeah, the 28 seems right. high. As a team total. Like, and I don't even care if they if they win on Thursday. I mean, I care if they win on Thursday as a fan, but I don't even care if they win if they score three touchdowns or two touchdowns. Like, show me something. This ain't it. I mean, it's just that simple. That this 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 isn't it. You know, it, this is just not it. This isn't a team that's going to be. 
this this team is no postseason threat. You know, like if they were to make the if they were to make the playoffs, say, you know, courtesy of the wild card. Right. They're no threats. They're no real threat. They got a good defense. They're a threat in a sense of, hey, you better just be prepared because defensively they could sneak out a win here. But that's right. about it. They're no they're no true Super Bowl threat. You can't be when your quarterbacks are Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. You already know <laughs> Mitch Trubisky just it's out of there. Like you, you, you already wrote it off, Joey. You said it. The air is over. And Nick Foles, hopefully he gets better. I, just for the sake of, like you said, everybody's entertainment, viewing entertainment. Right. I hope he's that management style, management type of a quarterback plus one or two notches. Like I said earlier, I hope, and hopefully the games are more watchable. But the thing is, when we're trying to run the ball, we can't create any holes. We don't create enough holes. Like, you give Montgomery a handoff, and he's just bumping right into a brick wall that is right. the offensive line and all the defenders coming at him. He has to make magic happen almost every single time. So we can never get a run game going. And until Foles can be the Foles that he was in that debacle of a Falcons defense last week and just keep moving the ball down the field consistently, teams are just going to be like, all right, we just rush four, and that's good enough to stop a run. We don't even have to blitz or do anything special to stop the Bears' run. We just play pretty, you know, rush four. They'll run right into – Dave Montgomery will, will run right into us. There'll be no holes, and that's it. And we'll just have extra men out there covering. And <laughs> it's just bad, you know. When you try to run, you can't open it up for the offense, for, for the passing game. You try to pass, you can't even open that up for the run game. Like, just both are at a stance. You don't have anything. You can't right. run the ball. You can't pass the ball. Not consistently. <laughs> Not consistently enough. You, you you just can't. I don't want to hear it. You cannot consistently run or pass the ball. You you haven't showed me that yet. And if you say, oh, well, what about the comeback against the Lions? Oh, well, what about the comeback against the Falcons? Save it. Save it. <laughs> just wait for the remaining 10-plus weeks of the season, and I think you'll see exactly what we're trying to get to. So Yeah, I think – just a headache. Yeah, I think Just I think you're right. I think there's unfortunately a limit here on what on what they can be. And and Nick Foles can bounce back next week and have a great game and they win. But they're they're this is a team that in 2018 and 2019 had Super Bowl aspirations with how good that defense was. Ha. And 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 and, and a second year quarterback in Trubisky that is now sitting here in 2020 with way more questions and answers on the downward trend of that contending window. And you sit here and you go, yeah, they could eat out a playoff spot, sure. But you you don't feel that confidence of like, you're like gusto of like, we're going in this team, in, in this tournament, and we're going to take everyone by storm. You're just like, you're going to show up, and it's not going to be that that great. And that kind of sucks. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. <sighs> but yeah. speaking of more downward spirals, should we talk some <laughs> Cubs and Sox? Because that was a no. disaster, too. <laughs> Shouldn't do that either. No. That that was bad. It just everything so in Chicago this past week. It, it, you, expectation-wise, we've been saying it for the first you know few episodes here on this podcast that the Sox have realistic expectations here. Like, you hope they could get past the A's in round one, and then whoever they face, Twins or Astros, which it would have been the Astros, probably even have a, 
it would just be a fun series. At that point, you're maybe just hoping for a fun series. You were hoping for at least one series victory because that would just be nice to see. They still haven't won a playoff series since 2005. <laughs> this was only their second playoff win since. One playoff win in 2008, one playoff win here in 2020. That's it. Two playoff appearances, two playoff wins since their World Series in 05. Would have been would have been fun just to you know, just to celebrate a series win. Then you had the Cubs where similar-ish expectations, you really thought you they should have gotten past the Marlins, you know, on paper on who the Cubs are, which maybe on paper the it wasn't as close of a series as we thought, and I'll break that down in a second. But you just thought, "Hey, we might be up for, you know, a next couple few weeks. Like we just want a couple good weeks. At the end of the day, that's all we wanted. It's not like we were setting ourselves up for the Sox and Cubs, you know, legitimately facing each other and winning the World or you know, winning each other. One of them winning the World Series. We knew it wasn't going to be a red line World Series. It would have been fun. There was small potential there, but it wasn't like we legitimately thought that was for sure going to happen, or it wasn't like we thought because Nick Foles came in and he's the new bear starter that he's going to ride them all the way to the super bowl even though that would have been nice too we literally just wanted a couple fun weeks we wanted nick Foles to beat the colts this week we wanted the Sox and cubs just to win the wild card series and you wanted to go into next week watching the divisional round with the cubs and Sox in there and going into thursday's game against tb12 and the buccaneers thinking ha huh, we just beat the colts or four no we just wanted that just a couple weeks <laughs> but now you're going into, you know, now you're going into Thursday night football down. You're going into tomorrow with neither team, Sox or Cubs, playing a playoff game. And just kind of not what you really wanted. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, it's it's just kind of killed the vibe and the buzz in this town a little bit. And when I mentioned maybe on paper – that the Cubs weren't as much as the dominant team against the Marlins. Look at this stat, Joey. This stat's going to make you puke. Since the 2016 Cubs postseason, Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant, you've probably seen the stat. This is in postseason play. In postseason play, those three guys, I'll say it again, Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez are combined 19 and 142 they are 19 for 142 that is a batting average if i do the math right of 134 combined postseason batting average since the 2016 postseason less than 20 hits and over 140 at bats for rizzo bryant and Baez batting well under 150 since the 2016 postseason. Since the 2016 postseason for the Cubs, zero playoff series wins. I was just talking about with the White Sox. They haven't won a playoff series since they won their World Series, nor have the Cubs. <laughs> nor it's, it's weird. Post-2016, they haven't they haven't done anything in the playoffs. Well, they, well, they made the NLCS in 17, though. I'm sorry, after 17, you're right. Yes. Yeah, so after 2017, they haven't won a playoff series. You're right. But after so after 2017, haven't won a playoff series. But after 2016, it's still the set of 19 for 142. Oh, yeah. With 51 strikeouts, it's miserable, yeah. It's it's just, I don't understand that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. 
it's what do you do now? <laughs> I don't I, know. It's weird to think that I never would have thought, say, a few seasons back, say 2017, 2018, I never would have thought that by 2021, I would officially think the Sox have a better five-year window than the Cubs. Like, as of today, the Sox might have a better five-year window, more optimistic five-year oh, window yeah. than the Chicago Cubs. I never would have thought that because when the Sox were starting the rebuild, they said, oh, 2020, that's probably going to be the year where we contend. And it was. This was the year they contended. You know, they were in the postseason. They contended for a World Series title. They, they did. But I never would have thought that after the 2020 postseason, they would be set up probably for a brighter future than the Cubs. It just sounds weird to say that. Yeah, it is weird. It, it, there's there's a there's a sense of hope on the south side and now a sense of hopelessness on the north side. And it's like But but followed up by quantitative data. You know, not just a feeling. Like you look at the postseason numbers that we just ran off and you see what the Cubs have done in the postseason the past few years and it's quantifiable. Right. But, but what's to tell you that Moncada, Abreu, and Anderson don't have that same stretch in the next three years? I have no idea. Correct. But, no, you're but, right. But you're, you're, you're right. There's, there's evidence, clear-cut evidence, to where I sit here and I go, I still, you know, I'm a Chris Bryant fan. I said that on the show last week and the week prior, and he had those good two days, and it was awesome. But now there's a reality here, and I can eat my own words. I, I I will do it. But but it's the idea of now you sit here and go, okay, what the hell do you do now? Because and the guys, the athletics said it perfectly. I apologize, I'm forgetting who the writer that said it. But 2016 was supposed to be the year that the dynasty begins, and it's turning out that that was yes. the peak, not the yeah. beginning. And that's a difficult reality to, to to swallow when you look at what this team was was supposed to be, and when you have your main three and Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant again whiffing in the playoffs. They all went zero for four in game two. That right. elimination game, all three of them went zero for four. Yeah, and, and 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 you sit here and you wonder where do you go, and 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 you question this. This idea of these guys obviously were incredible raw talents and came up through the minor leagues and built themselves into who they were. And the Cubs, to their credit, revamped their system to make them who they are. But now you're sitting here since 2016 having those stats and you go, okay, the development to get them there was great. Where's the development now as professionals? And you haven't really seen the ability to maintain consistent success for those three guys over this stretch. And that's really concerning because now you're at a point where Rizzo's in that final year of a contract. Brian is due for money. Baez is due for money. And you would have sat here at 16 and gone, well, of course Chris Bryant's going to be the $400 million man because he's in that ilk with Bryce Harper and Mike Trout and those guys. And now you go, is he? And with COVID-19 affecting all the revenues, what does it even look like for spending on some of the guys you thought you could afford? And and is this a point of, are we still in our window? Or is it over? And that's a really difficult question because you never want to admit it's over. You still have a lot of good pieces. But year in and year out, 
LCS lost to the Dodgers. Wild cards lost to the Rockies. Missed the playoffs in 2019. Wild card lost to the bottom feeding Marlins in 2020. And you go, where do we go? Because I don't see this team getting back to a it was all Joe. Right it now. was all Madden's fault. Right? It was all Joe Madden's fault. And to their credit, I had a lot of problems with how he managed the team. But now you're seeing it as, as the player's eyes of they're not being good enough anymore. And how do you explain the offensive sputtering this team has had? And it's the same sputtering they had back in 2007, 2008 when they were swept. They're, they're, you have these stars that go absolutely silent in the playoffs, except for 15 and 16. And it's concerning. And I, I don't know what this means because the Epstein always said he's good at a job for like 10 years, and that's kind of when you've hit your breaking point, and he's getting close to that. Which is a weird thing to admit. I, I had to for admitting that if that's really who you are, but it's a, it's a weird thing to it's admit. It's weird, but it's oh. kind of true because now you're you're getting close to that and what oh, do you ha- show hats for it? to the honesty. Yeah, yeah if, if that's how he honestly feels, more power to him, but... Yeah, but you're, 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 you're just sitting here with a Cubs team that has so many questions and a White Sox team that took an experience and now is on that upward trend, and I'm so excited to see where they go. Well, that's exactly what it is. Both earlier exits than you, than you would have liked, but the Sox, at the end of the day, you can only be optimistic. I mean, that's what it is. You have this core. They're not going anywhere. It's not like we're in the Cubs position where it's like, oh, man, Eloy's running out like on, on a contract. Do we get rid of him? Or, you know, like you, you have these guys. For, you, you wrapped them up. The majority of these guys, this core, you, you gave contracts to, and you know you have this window that, for the most part, just started. I mean, this is where... They've been saying all along, 2020 is going to be the start of it. So their window now for World Series contention is now starting. And you have – you might as well just be hopeful and optimistic, whereas it's the flip side on the other side of town. What legitimately – like what do you do? It's You're no longer patient and waiting. Where the Sox, it's all right, we're going to next year. You know, once again, you hope Robert develops more and you hope Moncada and you just wait and see. And, you know, we we get Kopech back. Hopefully that works. You know, we'll we'll see what he has under a full year under his belt, hopefully. But for the Cubs, the Bryant, the Rizzo, the every everyone on the run, literally everybody. Like, what do you do? Do you sell, sell, sell? Do you panic? Do you just get rid? Do you try to get rid of the whole squad? Can you? Like, you start looking at contracts. You start looking at value. You start looking at what what even makes sense. And right, I don't know. Because at this point, at twenty eight, Chris Bryant's supposed to get the Trout deal or the Harper deal. He That's won't what he was be supposed that. to do. No. But then what do you that. do then? Because they, they don't have much value to trade, and I, I hate the thought of trading those guys as a fan because they're the guys that brought you the World Series. But it's it's the harsh reality now of this team has underperformed for the last four or five years, and you have to make those difficult moves to get you back in contention because I think they like what Ross did this year, and I think they they know they have pieces, but you were guaranteed what, more. You, 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 you were promised more as a fan, and, and you haven't got it. At their ages, I think it's hard to not only come to terms with not wanting to let a lot of those big names go because they're the ones who broke the curse, the 108-year stint, the one who finally brought the World Series, and they were the core of that team. It's hard to cut that loose because they were supposed – like you said, that was supposed to be the start of the dynasty for a lot of reasons, the amount of years that you had them after 2016, the the amount of – 
how 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 youthful and young they were. It's not like oh, we finally have to pull the plug because you know Chris Bryan and Rizzo they're getting into their age, 35, 34, 36 season. Like no, they're <laughs> they're not at that point in their career yet. You should still, and you were they were projected to have a lot more good baseball, great baseball left in them. So it's not only cutting the cord on that emotional fan attachment that you would have and coming to terms with and, and being okay with letting them get rid of the stars of the town, you know, the stars that were the 2016 Cubs and letting them go. It's also pulling the, the plug, like pulling the plug as if like how the bears pull the plug finally on Mitch Trubisky. Like, no, this just doesn't work. Like you, you're right. not it. You, you have to tell yourself that Rizzo, Bryant, but Bi- Baez was a, he was one of the front runners. He was going to head to head with yellow right. for the MVP a few seasons ago. And exactly. now maybe he's not it. Even the year after the MVP season, he was putting up, you know, maybe some reasons on why he, he should have received a few more first place votes or even the MVP. But then that kind of came to a little bit of a, a you know, a hold. But right. regardless, <laughs> those were supposed to be the guys. And they're right. still young enough to where they should have a lot of good baseball left. And you know what? Maybe if they do go somewhere, a name, one of those names or two, maybe if they do, say it's Chris Bryant. Maybe he does turn it all around again. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's what he needs. Maybe that's what somebody like Ariza would need or Baez would need. Maybe not, but it's where we're at. It's yeah. It's it's, 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 weird. it's it's what we talk about with the Bears, right? It's they have a they they built their team for a contending window of a certain amount of years, and it's very short. But they knew all they needed was that quarterback, and if they got it right, they were going to contend for a conference championship or a Super Bowl. They didn't get it right, and you're seeing the ramifications of how short that window can close. The Cubs had the same thing of, we had a team here that was young, like you said, and cost-controlled to where the last five years have been one that hasn't been very expensive for you, and you could keep all these guys together. It's now at this point where, okay, you've had awesome championship runs. Oh, you can't keep everyone, but boy, they were there for the ride, and you're okay with it. Like, you look at the Blackhawks, and you go, okay, they had a 10-year run where they made the playoffs every year, and they won three championships. That's what you were supposed to get with this Cubs team, and you never even got another sniff at it by not even making it to another World Series. And that is the most frustrating and sad part of it, is that you didn't even get a, a bite at the apple again. And you may not for a little while here, and that's the, the harsh reality of it. And it sucks. It absolutely one, sucks. One run in two games. Where, where are they learning how to play offense? Are they consulting with the Bears too much? <laughs> they <or> are. <laughs> what, what is? They're literally the baby Bears. One well, run. Well, they are the Cubs. Games. That's actually factually accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. And you, Darvish, goes out there. Hendricks went out there. You know, they they both give you, especially Darvish, give you a hell of a performance. Yeah. And that's what you got. I don't. It was it was a fun show, Joe. <laughs> it was a fun show, Joey. This was great. Man. I love talking. I love talking crap offense on the football field on the baseball diamond. Well, but there was some good offense because him Anderson had a good series, nine hits he, in no, three games. He he did. I mean, he he showed out. He he is something special, and that is if you want to get any little bit of optimism or if there was anything fun this past week in Chicago <laughs> sports, I guess it was that it was Giolito 
you know, going perfect into the seventh inning. It was Tim Anderson showing up. It was, you know, even Jose Abreu had a good game. We saw some home runs, TA with the bat. After that, things kind of fell off a little bit. It was bad, but there's just one thing you have to remember with at least the White Sox is, okay, hopefully it's just better moving forward. They got their playoff experience. Tim Anderson, I mean, what the hell? He it, it, he's he's the best shortstop in Chicago. Isn't that weird? He is. Right? Can't argue otherwise. Well, that was We're, supposed to be Addison Russell. Oops. <laughs> or maybe it could have been a Glebar Torres. That, no, don't do go go there. <laughs> Just uh, the names that you could. Um, it's wild. Jimenez Torres. But that's it, right? You gave up all that for this five years: 16, 17, 18, 19, yeah. 20, 21, whatever. And it's like, is that five? I can't do math. You know what's you know weird? What I mean? You gave it's up all that you, for this window, and then you may have only one thing to show for it. It's funny you bring that up. Imagine if you don't get rid of Torres, you don't get rid of Jimenez, and maybe hell, maybe because of that, let's just you know we'll try to rewrite all the history. <laughs> maybe you maybe you don't win that 2016 World Series. You know, maybe you don't, but you still have a Torres, you still have a Jimenez. Maybe you also don't do the funky trade with Quintana because you don't think you're that close to it yet. You know, I don't know. It's just it's weird to think that maybe potentially you could have had more or at least one well, or more series if you don't. I don't know. It's weird. I think everybody goes, oh, it's all worth it because we did win the one. You maybe could have won more if you didn't do that, though. You maybe could have won more than one. I maybe. know. I, it's, it's, you know. The last thing I'll say on that, I, I, I think – the Glabar Torres thing is brutal, but it's worth it because it got you a World Series. It's that the one did. it's but it's the inability of the Cubs to develop pitching that cost them Aloy Jimenez. Because then you had a trade for Quintana, who ended up being a three or a four at best, and you gave up one of your best prospects. Cease could have been that. And Cease could have been a too. three or four. He exactly. Could, if you develop him properly, he, I'm, right. he could have probably so that, been a four. That's the one that kills you because you weren't able to develop any pitching for almost a decade, and you had to trade for almost all of it, including Hendricks, who you, that you developed into a good player, but that was on the professional level. And that's what kills you now, is you lose a Jimenez, you lose a Cease for an average starter that you never had for to Q. do. Right. For, for Q, that's it. Right. So you, got, you, you got Q. I don't know. It's crazy. They got Q, and, and we ran out of time. That's it. <laughs> Luckily, fine, let, let's... Let's wrap this puppy up. Let's get, let's get on to next week. Well, you know what? I might as well try to be as optimistic as possible because it's not like these shows in terms of beer's content are going to be so much better. You know, we might as well just get used to this, Joey. I'm telling you, the first the first, you know, few shows we did after those fun three while victories. Lasted. It was. It gave us fun content. I'll give you that. But I have a feeling that um here on the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, in terms of Bears football, which is going to be the majority, I mean, postseason ended for the baseball clubs here in town. Bulls, they'll play again eventually. Come on, <laughs> we got Illinois football coming up in three weeks. Yeah, that's true. Can we talk that on the show? Hell yeah, we can talk that on the show. Why not, right? <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll, we'll dabble with the line eye football, but I don't know, Joe, that was fun. A fun show. Interesting and uh, not, so, and not so fun content. <laughs> Correct, but... uh. Thanks for listening, everybody who did. Uh, and if you want to listen to us in the future, just go on ahead, subscribe. Greatly appreciated. Apple, definitely catch us there. Spotify, Stitcher, we say it all the time. Wherever you listen to your podcast, that's where you can find us. Uh, listen to us wherever, whenever. He's Joey Gelman. He's at Twitter, 
He's on Twitter, I should say, at Joey Gelman. I'm on Twitter as well, at TweetDanCollins. This was the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.